0: Welcome, 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 welcome. You're listening to Built by Us. Built by Us. Built by Us. Built by Us. The Bricks. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another brick. A few weeks ago, we lost the legendary Congressman John Lewis. And in these past few weeks, you know, we've been remembering him and thinking about all that he has done in his life and the legacy that he has left. Today, we have someone who actually knew him and knew him well to talk about his legacy on a grand scale, but also how he affected her and the memories she has with him. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Today, we are going to be discussing the incredible, powerful, influential, amazing legacy of John Lewis. Today, we have... An incredible guest with us, Susan Ross.
1: I'm Susan Ross. Most people call me Sue. A lot of people know me as a photographer. I, I kind of was an unofficial City Hall photographer for many years, but I'm also a uh, uh, business development specialist. So I've, I've worked with the, the city's minority and female business program. I just retired from there, actually, for about the last 35, 36 years. Um, and, but I knew John um, before I was at City Hall, uh, I knew John um, initially because of his activities with SNCC. I grew up in Atlanta in, during the Civil Rights Movement. And during that time, um, we lived next door to Julian Bond's father. And so we would frequently meet the folks from SNCC at uh, Dr. Bond's house. And, um, you know, everyone wanted to come over for dinner <laughs> and have dinner. <laughs> get a good meal before they got back on the road doing things. And so, you know, most of them were were 10, 15 years older than me, but we enjoyed hearing the stories of what they were doing in SNCC, where they were going in Mississippi or Alabama or around, or Southwest Georgia. And um, that that was kind of my initial introduction to John was, was through being one of Julian's friends. And then later when I was in college, I had the opportunity to work with his wife Lillian. Lillian was the librarian and archivist uh, at the Atlanta University Library. And um, as a summer job, as as an intern, I got to work with Lillian. uh, And we were what would be called digitizing the collection back then, but it was really preparing the, they had a Negro collection of books that were all out of print at that time, books by Langston Hughes and Zora Neale Hurston and and all, and and they were being copied onto microfiches, which are, I don't even know if they have microfiche machines anymore, but that's what we were preparing the collection to do. So I worked with Lillian on that a couple of summers. So also got to know him as a husband and a father, and, um, you know, as, as a good guy. Then after SNCC, John ran the Voter Education Project, and they did voter registration activities all around the South. Sometime after that, John ran for the Atlanta City Council and became a, a council member um, and that was while uh, Andy Young was mayor and i I um, worked in Andy Young's administration that was the first administration that i that I worked in uh, full time and so got to know John as as a council member and then later, when he ran for Congress you know and, and he became a national figure after that. <laughs>
0: Uh, really quick, if could we backtrack just just for a quick moment for our listeners who may not know what SNCC is, uh, could you explain uh, a little bit?
1: Certainly SNCC is the student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, and it was the uh, basic the arm of of um, students who most of them uh, dropped out of college and to work in the movement and you know M- Dr. Martin Luther King was with SCLC, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, and most of the older ministers were. Uh, well, they, they were young men at the time, but they, they were uh, part of that. But, but SNCC was uh, a student-led organization, and it was founded at Shaw University in Raleigh 60 years ago. They're actually, if you're really interested in SNCC, you can attend, uh, there's, there's going to be a virtual reunion of SNCC. It was supposed to be this year, but it had to be postponed until next year. So it'll be next April. So look out for that. There'll be a lot of information on it coming up. And and also the SNCC veterans are working with several organizations of young people to mobilize the vote. And to teach the kind of basic techniques of community organizing, which they pioneered back in the 60s. Many people may be familiar with uh, Freedom Summer. There was a documentary done on it not too long ago. And it was when college students from all across the country went to Mississippi to do voter education and voter registration and uh, fighting to get people the right to vote at that time.
0: Kind of like and, what uh, dementia does now.
1: Yeah, John was the uh, national chairman of, of SNCC. We love we love something that started at Shaw University, one of our oldest HBCUs in the state. So nice little plug for them. And Bob Hall did a lot of work with SNCC as well, our our founder. So, uh,
0: oh. Yeah. So uh, we have a we have a good history with SNCC and um, SOC.
1: Great. Great.
0: Amazing. I think a lot of what we do at at MNC really connects a lot to the foundation and and purpose of SNCC. So that's, that's a cool little, little connection. That's the word. (laughs) So you talked a little bit about your history and how you met John and and really got to know him. So can you elaborate a little bit on, on who he was as a person? You, You mentioned that he was a great father and a great husband, but what exactly does that mean to you?
1: well um what does that mean it it, you know i mean somebody to whom family is important he had a great partnership with lillian uh and she really was in many ways the backbone behind a lot of his campaigns and 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 uh activities over the last 40 years and um she she passed uh, a few years ago but uh, she was a, a quiet very powerful kind of force uh, in terms of, of of organizing, and and um, she was originally from California, and she had moved to to Atlanta in the early '60s. And uh, Zernona Clayton, who is now the the head of the Trumpet Awards Foundation, but was then an executive assistant to Martin Luther King, was the matchmaker because she she didn't think too much of the guys Lillian was dating, and she said, "I like this guy John, and he's kind of quiet, but." I think this will work. And she set up a date for them, a new year's Eve date for them at her house and it worked. <laughs> so she, she spoke about that at his, at his memorial service uh, at Ebenezer. Yeah.
0: What a, what a beautiful story. I love that. <laughs> so in your, what, 30 years of knowing him, probably more than that, uh, what is one of your favorite memories of him, whether it be you know personal or just something that he's done, what, what, do you cherish about him and a good memory?
1: Well, um, I was able to go to, uh, you know, John every year would take uh, people from Washington, usually groups of congressmen and senators to Selma for the bloody Sunday Sunday uh, anniversary, which is the first weekend in, in, in March every year. And um, he, um, you know, wanted to make sure they were exposed to the things that were important in his formation as as a leader. And of course, Bloody Sunday was where the people of Selma marched across the bridge led by John Lewis and Jose Williams and were met on the other side of the bridge by a a sea of police who told them to stop and then charged and beat them unmercifully. And this was one of the key factors that led to to the passing of the Civil Rights Bill because all of America was able to see the brutality that was unleashed on, on these demonstrators. And and John was uh, badly beaten. Um, uh, Miss Amelia Boynton Robinson was also beaten. Uh, Jose, Jose Williams and many of the other uh, SNCC veterans that were there. But you know, you, Martin Luther King was not there that weekend, the bloody Sunday weekend, but he came back and led the march to complete the journey. And, um, that's That whole process brought national attention to the need to pass the civil rights and voting rights uh, acts and um, so John would take people there every year and there would be a, a celebration. But the fiftieth anniversary happened while Barack Obama was president, and that was a very special occasion so i was that that's one of my favorite memories is is being there just in the crowd, you know not anywhere up special or anything like that. Being there and uh, seeing John speak and introducing America's first black president on the, on the very site where he had been beaten so badly, uh, you know, 50 years before that. So that's, that's a favorite memory. But I think he, he did quite a bit to keep alive uh, what really happened during the Civil Rights Movement. A lot of people kind of sugarcoated and coated over, but it was uh, a very brutal struggle a very serious struggle, and that's why it's important that you know people, people fought and people were beaten and pe- some people died for the, for the right for us to vote. And so it's very important for us to, uh, to treasure that, to treasure our right to vote and to exercise it. And we have a great opportunity coming up and, uh, to uh, exercise our right to vote and make some change in this country.
0: November is going to be a very important month. Quick reminder for everyone listening, Register to vote. Vote. Just one more time. We we got to vote. <laughs> yep. People have you know fought and died and bled and made it possible so that we can. So we need to. We really please vote. Oh my goodness. Um. So, <laughs> Bloody Sunday was a terrible day, which is an understatement. But that I can't imagine how much that must have meant for him to walk beside Barack Obama on that bridge on that day yeah. like that just to think about that and i wasn't even there in any capacity and he was there for both of them um
1: well, luckily it's captured, uh, it's captured uh, photographically and it's captured yes um on video so that everybody can 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 see that moment um and if you look at the the um documentary that was just done on john you can see it in there but john and jose and and um those were some very brave people. I mean, you, you know, to just, to know, John didn't think he was gonna be beaten that day. He thought he was gonna be taken to jail. He had a backpack on. If you look at the pictures, you'll see he had a little backpack where he had he had a book and his toothbrush and some fruit because he knew, you know, in jail, you, you need to take stuff with you or else you won't have any. So he was expecting to be arrested. I mean, John was arrested, you know, many, many times in, in civil rights marches and in, in freedom rides and, uh, so he, he you know and he's been in all kinds of jails but he wasn't expecting to be beaten he wasn't expecting the f- fierceness of the uh, police that day and um, and it was just you know if you look at the videos of it you can just see that it was it was totally unexpected to them they, they, they had been peaceably marching and the brutality that was unleashed on them was was just immense and I mean police, were on horses and they were beating them with clubs. And um, it was, uh, it, you know, it really was a turning point in American history because because of the power of the media, because of the power of people to actually see this happening and, and know that we have to change the way that, that this is, is happening.
0: It caused and, a clear shift because, you know, you hear about it and it's like, okay, I can shove it to the side, but actually watching it happen is a completely different story.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that was before we had, you know, 24 hour news. You know, you got news once a day at about six o'clock at the dinner hour. And for that to come over people's TVs to see that brutality, you know, it, it, it moves people to want to make a difference.
0: In in a similar way, I think George Floyd might've done a similar thing where, you know, that was something you could not ignore. Um, right,
1: Don cited that in his last, in his last op-ed. Mm-hmm. that was published in the New York Times the day of his his uh, funeral. He he uh, he said that Selma was his George Floyd moment, you know, and it's it's it has he was very supportive of, of the current movement of, of Black Lives Matter. I think, you know, one of his last public appearances was going down and initially, he just did it from his roof uh, for, well from his from the from his apartment and and, and looked out at the Black Lives Matter, where it had been painted on Pennsylvania Avenue, but he actually went down there and that was only two weeks before he died. So he, you know, he was extremely ill at that point in time, but he felt it very important to make that statement uh, that he supported the young people in, 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 um, in the Black Lives Matter movement. And we were all moved tremendously by George Floyd. So we got a chance here in November.
0: Yes, Let's yes, do it. we got to keep this momentum. It's not over, we're, we're not it's done. what is something that you know people might not know about john um that he liked or that he did or you know something that only people that knew him could know
1: (laughs) john was an incredible uh he had an incredible collection of african-american art from um romare beardens to um he, he just had uh you know, I, I guess it, it may have started back when he was in SNCC in terms of collecting art. He did, we, there was an artist, Kofi Bailey, who did a lot of um, art for the, the, for the movement posters and things like that, but he also did, did fine art, and John had several original Kofi Baileys in his home, um, and then, and he became a, an African-American art collector, and uh, I hope, um, that one day people will get to see that maybe in an exhibit uh, all the, the the tremendous African-American artists that he supported uh, and promoted in his work and then of course his the, the children's book on John was illustrated by the great Benny Andrews who was a wonderful wonderful artist uh, and um, I encourage everybody to, to buy the children's book uh, to 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 learn John's story but also to to um, share it with the younger generation uh, and John was very much into using different media using different different uh, ways to reach people. So uh, he moved into the whole graphic novel thing and he turned his story into a, a trilogy graphic novel uh, in, in in collaboration with 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 some young people and um, to make to try to get his story to a different generation. And so the, that's a great thing for uh, young adults and teenagers uh, is looking at at the story of uh, of the civil rights movement in Selma in particular uh, through that trilogy. It's called March, and you can get it, you know, on Amazon or or at your local bookstore. Um, But it's just a, a small symbol of the ways that John tried to work with younger people and to to translate the lessons of his past into things that would be useful for them today.
0: First of all, very cool. He was just like, yeah, we're gonna do a graphic novel now. Um, kind of thinking ahead of, of just where we are right now, but who is going to be p- taking up the mantle after he's gone and after, you know, when, when new people come and really making sure that everyone, not just the people that are his age, not just people that were there, but everyone has an opportunity to really understand how we got here that's really important and I'm gonna have to read a graphic novel now um, yeah. <laughs> um so I guess my my final question for you is how would you want him to be remembered which is a big question I know but in your in your opinion you knew him you knew his family you knew his wife how would you want the world to remember him
1: him as a man who made a difference, a man for whom ethics and morality was tremendously important, whose politics was informed by the need to make change for people's lives. I think that um, John was, was, you know, he was an excellent politician. I mean, rising to be deputy whip of the U.S. Congress is, is an amazing story from, for the boy from Troy who, who started out preaching to chickens. But <laughs> in, in his backyard, um, but um, uh, and, and to, to be at the point that he actually shaped and made major legislation for the whole country, it, it shows that anybody, anybody can, can make a difference. You know, everybody can't be John Lewis, but you can make a difference in your community. Uh, you can advocate for those things that are important, uh, for, to right the wrongs, to change the behavior of police. To change the way we fund police to um, to change um, t- to make sure that people still have the right to vote and to end the voter suppression that's going on all around the country, um, John, I think should be remembered as as a person who did something and who can inspire you
0: to do something that was that was perfect i I think that he has left that legacy, and I think that people recognize that. And, and he truly is an inspiration to millions of millions of people. This one hit my mom and a lot of people. Everybody just it, it hit different. It, it hurt different because of who he was and the legacy and the mark that he left on this nation. He will be remembered for a long, long time. And I am grateful to him. I know so many others are. But yeah. Do you have anything else you wanna add?
1: No, well, I just wanna say go and learn more about John. I mean, see the movie, read the graphic novel, uh, get his autobiography, Walking with the Wind. John was a, a, a great storyteller, you know, and for somebody who grew up with a, um, a, a, a speech impediment, he overcame that and he worked very hard and became one of, you know, our, our, our very best speakers and had an incredible way to personalize and tell his story. So I I just um, encourage you to just learn more about John Lewis and what he stood for and how he can inspire you to do more.
0: Absolutely. A message to me and all of our listeners out there. Go learn, go do, go change the world. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sue, for being here. And thank you for tuning in as we remember John Lewis and everything that he was and everything that he has left us. So remember, go learn, go do, go change the world. Thanks for listening. Bye.